over the last 18 months, a lot of people all over the world have chosen to switch careers. Two people who've made a career shift that everyone is watching are Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. The royals go to Hollywood. That's our colleague Eric Schwartzel in our L.A. bureau. He says after leaving their royal lives behind, the Duke and Duchess are making an age-old gamble, trying to make it big in show business. They have a lot of connections to lean on. They were not showing up with a suitcase, getting off the bus and saying, here I am, I'm going to make it big. And Eric says Hollywood is interested. It is hard for people out here to be starstruck, but this is like another level. I mean, like running a studio or starring in a movie, that's one thing. But like being a freaking royal, like having a title, you know, going by one name, it's another level. Since getting to Los Angeles, Harry and Meghan have signed multi-million dollar deals with Netflix and Spotify. And the spotlight on them is as bright as ever. This is where you have the marriage of the royals and the contemporary entertainment ecosystem. They've traded one microscope for another. But like with any career change, there's a big question. Will it work? But they also land in Hollywood, a place where you have to, you know, hire producers and hire writers and read scripts and do a bunch of, like, grunt work to really actually try to make it. So I set out to do this story because I wanted to see how exactly that transition was going. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, September 24th. Coming up on the show, Harry and Meghan try to make it in La La Land. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight. Live tomorrow. Shop now at Natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. I'll say right here at the top that referring to them as Harry and Meghan is not disrespectful. It's actually proper. They are a duke and duchess, and they can go by their first names like Madonna and Cher. Maybe what is more controversial is you just put Harry and Meghan on the same level as Madonna and Cher. Well, Kate, we're talking royals. (laughs) Eric says that while the royals aren't everyone's cup of tea, he thinks a lot of people follow Harry and Meghan more than they're willing to admit. You can't help but, like, launch into, like, a massive conversation about them. But, like, a lot of people don't care about the royals. I think that's kind of a lot of posturing a lot of the time. (laughs) I think it's, like, I think it's quite cool not to care about the royals right now. Ever since the British prince and American actress became a couple, they've received a lot of attention. And they've tried to leverage that fame. Soon after Harry and Meghan married in 2018... They started working on various entertainment projects, but they were 
tied to their philanthropic advocacy work. For example, Megan narrated a documentary about elephants that was on Disney+. Plus. This is a side of elephants we rarely see. Harry was also working on projects, like a documentary series on mental health. And this was all fine and good, but they had to be advocacy work. They couldn't be really commercial ventures. That's because working royals can't do any commercial work. The palace is worried about potential conflicts of interest. So Harry and Meghan could do entertainment projects that promoted their advocacy, but they couldn't make a profit. But in January 2020, that changed for the couple. When they announced they were quitting their jobs as royals. Britain's Prince Harry and his wife Meghan Markle will no longer use their royal titles or receive public funds. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle will no longer be official working members of the royal family. Leaving many of the trappings of royalty behind. So they moved to Hollywood and they already have some seeds planted in the entertainment world when they get there. I'd say they have a lot. Yes, they do. They have a lot of seeds planted. There were connections well-established. And then there was a town really eager to see what they were all about. I will say it was not a world that was foreign to them by that point. Obviously, Meghan was a former actress. And and Harry, just by virtue of being a prince, ran in certain circles. He was friends with Bob Iger of Disney. And when they moved to California, they crashed at the mansion of Tyler Perry. I mean, this is this is not a, a world that would have been completely foreign or outside the realm of possibility. After Harry and Meghan moved to L.A., Eric says a friend recommended that they reach out to streaming services. Places like Netflix and HBO and Disney+. Plus. Some streaming companies had signed big deals with celebrities outside of show business, like the Obamas and Pakistani activist Malala Yousafzai. People like known entities, whether that's Iron Man or whether that's watching a movie that you know Barack and Michelle Obama have produced and signed off on. And so we've seen this proliferation of talent deals where these streaming services come in and they sign these mega deals and they say, okay, you're coming in-house and you're going to make stuff just for us and all of your fans are going to subscribe because they know you work for us. So how did Harry and Meghan go about establishing themselves in Hollywood? What did they do to set up their operation? So soon after their move to California, they announced that they are forming this new company called Archwell, and it is going to house their entertainment operations. It has an audio division. It has an entertainment division. It's also kind of their clearinghouse for a lot of the projects they're doing that are really trying to establish the Harry and Meghan brand post-Buckingham. As in Buckingham Palace. Right, right, yeah. And to establish that brand, Harry and Meghan used more than just their royal celebrity. People knew who they were. They also had a significant advantage in the fact that they are a young family. Wait, you didn't scare him away. I didn't scare him away. You scared him away. And not a lot of people signing these talent deals fit their demographic. And so you have a possibility here where if you're running a streaming service, you have this young, rather glamorous, two young, glamorous parents, frankly. And in no time, 
a lot of streaming services got in line to meet with the young couple. Among others, they met with Apple, they met with NBC Universal, they met with Disney, where they had something of a pre-existing relationship. And so they met with several folks and then ultimately decided on Netflix, despite, and I found this interesting, despite the fact that Netflix was not the highest bidder to work with them. Harry and Meghan did strike a deal with Netflix for a reported $100 million. The wide range of Netflix programming and its global reach appealed to the couple. If you're running a company like this and you think, maybe I want to do a documentary one day, but maybe I want to do a children's show the other day, um, like it offers you pretty much every type of show you can make. And so it was that combination of kind of global footprint and a menu of opportunities that made Netflix the winner here. And that Netflix deal was just a start. A few months later, at the end of 2020, the couple announced a reported $20 million deal with Spotify to make podcasts. As a quick disclaimer, the journal is a co-production with Gimlet Media, which is owned by Spotify. Their deal with Spotify was also very similar to some of the other talent deals that Spotify was striking. And it was for basically the audio version of what they were doing at Netflix. So far, they've only released one podcast project through this deal. It was a Christmas special. Welcome to our 2020 holiday special from Ultra Audio. I'm Harry. And I'm Megan. It was an inspirational special about spending Christmas in quarantine, essentially. So we don't know as much about what the Spotify deal is going to yield. Okay, so they've got these big deals from Netflix and Spotify. What kind of content do you expect them to make? So Archwell has a pretty clear identity, I think. They want to make programming that they say is going to help the world. I mean, heal the world, make people feel good about themselves, inspire people. It feels like a company that is trying to translate their advocacy work into commercial efforts. Sounds like it risks being boring. It absolutely does. Or safe. And I think that if you talk to people in town, that is something that comes up quite frequently. Like it or not, a lot of times what breaks through are things that have a real edge to them and that are provocative. And I think some people, some agents or executives in Hollywood, when they hear, oh, we're going to you know, make inspirational programming, they think it's like, automatic snooze fest. According to Eric, that's the central tension. Will enough people actually tune in to a Harry and Meghan production? They came to Hollywood as this very unique kind of outsider in that they were massively famous. I mean, almost like stratospherically famous. But they were trying to break into an industry where fame is an everyday thing. And so there was this big question about whether or not people cared about what they had to say when they weren't talking about their lives in the palace. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. 
we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of The Journal is brought to you by KPMG. At KPMG, we make the difference. It's not just something we say, it's what we do. We work closely with clients to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity, develop bold solutions that innovate industries, and create better outcomes driven by data. Brighter insights, bolder solutions, better outcomes. It's how our people make the difference. KPMG, make the difference. What catapulted Harry and Meghan onto television this year was not an original Archwell production. It was an interview with Oprah Winfrey. And the sit-down focused on their old life at the palace. And then I was silent. Um, Were you silent or were you silenced? The latter. The Oprah interview had huge ratings. And Harry and Meghan were the talk of Hollywood. Honestly, like, I feel like more interest than ever was on reading the body language between Harry and William. And, you know, there was so much more attention on what was going to happen with their new daughter and what the queen was thinking. And and I think that it really turned the spotlight back on the personal drama that's defined this quite a bit. But they have left that institution, and they are trying to make it in Hollywood, like so many people before them. And they've had a lot of success with their, we will tell you the dirty secrets of the palace that you're fascinated by. But what is the bar for them to make content that's not about the palace that the public is interested in? I think there's a very high bar, especially because we're in a world where they're competing with a lot. There's not just three broadcast stations anymore. There's a million streamers. We haven't yet seen people say, I love Megan, ergo, I want to watch movies and TV shows she has endorsed. And I think, Kate, you're getting at like the central issue, which is what do you do when you are the commodity and you're trying to get people to look elsewhere, but people just still want to hear about, you know, whether or not Kate Middleton was mean. So the challenge Harry and Meghan face is moving on from whether or not Kate Middleton is mean and still keeping that huge audience they got from the Oprah interview. And they have some projects on the horizon that will test if they can do that. So, so far, Harry has announced he's producing a documentary on the Invictus Games, which is a sporting event for wounded veterans. They are now, without doubt, the best role models that any parent out there or anybody could wish for. And this is an organization that he's been quite involved with in the past. He's just sort of bringing it to this new platform he's got. Megan has announced the show Pearl, 
that she is developing about a young girl who leans on figures from history, famous women from history, for inspiration. And I actually think that Pearl is probably the example we have so far of a kind of post-palace show because... It's a little more just plain entertainment. You can sort of imagine it being a Meghan Markle production. And with their big multi-million dollar streaming deals, more Harry and Meghan projects will be coming soon. We could be entering a moment where it starts to feel like Harry and Meghan are everywhere because they've been hiring. They've been laying the groundwork for there to be more productions, more podcasts, more movies, more TV shows. What is the track record of kind of non-Hollywood elite making it in Hollywood? So far, the track record is not encouraging. I'd say certainly we've seen a lot of deals get signed, but so far the success has been inconclusive. It feels like it's been a little bit more like one-off pops. The Obamas, for instance, had quite a bit of success with a documentary they did for Netflix called American Factory that won an Oscar. I mean, that's a great start. I will be totally frank, like when you talk to sources in Hollywood off the record, they say, yeah, what else have they done? Eric says that having staying power in Hollywood is a long road for anyone. So even with all their advantages, for Harry and Meghan to make this new career work they'll have to make great content. I don't know if I'd be laughed out of town for saying this, but this might be a moment where Hollywood is something of a meritocracy at times because the the shows and movies still have to be good. The connections get you incredibly far and money gets you even farther. But I think that if people aren't watching, if it just flops, it's not only financially unviable, but it's also embarrassing. And and so I think that at some point we're going to have to see, do viewers care? Or do they just say, that's all fine and good. Can you please tell us if Harry has talked to his brother in the last month? I mean, that's the, that's the question. That's all for today, Friday, September 24th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Ryan Knudsen and me, Kate Leinbaugh. The show's produced by Priscilla Alabi, Catherine Brewer, Gerard Cole, Pia Godkari, Brendan Klinkenberg, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Novetsky, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Matthew Sherman, Matthew Schiltz, Kayla Stokes, and Annie Rose Strasser. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner, Nathan Singapak, and Sam Baer. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Katherine Anderson, Peter Leonard, Billy Libby, Bobby Lord, Emma Munger, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.